The sacred writings of the Baha'i Faith teach that music is a ladder for the soul. My name is Jack Gordon, and here on Soul Ladder Music, I invite you to climb with me to higher planes of inspiration as we hear songs and stories from musicians who connect sound and spirit. When I think of a person who embodies light and joy, not just in their music, but their very being, it's easy to call to mind DC's own Ayana Gregory. Ayana's lyrics capture the fun and innocence of childhood wrapped in the delivery of a veteran soul and R&B singer. I had the privilege of being Ayana's neighbor for many years and saw firsthand how the magic infused in her music is just a natural part of who she is as a person. So of course, I knew I had to invite Ayana Gregory to be one of my first featured musicians for this new series of conversations here on Tacoma Radio. Looking at you here, anytime I I see you, I'm happier, you know, because of the way that you carry yourself and, and you are, you know, so bright and colorful. And, and actually, it connects to um, one of the songs that you shared, uh, Far Away, because Far Away for me, it, it, it kind of encapsulates this like perfect Ayana Gregory song because it has all this magic and joyful imagery in it. And I see that so much in the way that you carry yourself with that like childlike wonder. And I wanted to ask you about that. Like, where where does that 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 um, that love and joy and and humor and everything that feels like all these wonderful childlike qualities that you've been able to hold on to, you know, even as an adult? Where does that come from? That is a great question. So, one of the reasons that. I believe I connect so well with children is because accessing my childhood is like an instant away. Mm. And there's a reason for that. Um, I think two, two factors. So um, I spent a lot of time dreaming like most children. We grew up in Plymouth, Massachusetts on 300 acres of land. Wow. Um, of course, we didn't see most of that 300 acres. There's a lot of land. So, <laughs> but of the acres we saw, you knew it was there. A lot of land. And, mm. you know, it was just nature. 
<laughs> it was just nature. I mean, that is how I got to know the God in me. Nature is how I, nature was just my grounding place. Uh, it mm. was everything. I can remember as a little girl, just laying in the grass, looking up at the sky, looking at the sun, watching the birds, watching butterflies and just, I'm just gone, you know? And so what I was not able to find in my world, I created it mm. in my mind. And mm. so, um, so what happened was that there was like this dichotomous existence I had as a child. So on the one hand, it's beautiful nature, right? And it's just a wonderful place to be. We grew up as these nature babies, you know, um, <laughs> vegan before vegan was in that's a whole nother story um yeah. and so you know it was beautiful it was a really beautiful existence we prayed we meditated before we even understood what uh meditation was you know me and my brothers and sisters as like you know i was probably like four four years old five years old and i'm trying to like out ohm uh, my sibling <laughs> you know that was um, out, in the, out in the woods on the land that sort of thing yeah, we'd be yeah. down at the water and, mm. you know, meditating in prayer, you know, I am yeah. an ohm. And so, you wow. know, these is a world that my peers couldn't relate to. You know, they'd be like, mm. well, what religion are you? I'm like, well, I, we don't have one, but we believe in a mm. universal God and we pray mm. and meditate and we say chant things like I am an ohm. And they're like, what? So mm. this is a long answer. So um, so that was one part of my existence. Um that was just very beautiful, you know, and the, the nature that supported such a beautiful um, introduction for me of like, like how I feel God in me and all of that. And then there was the social world, social cultural world, um, where I couldn't find any piece of me in my school. Uh, oh, wow, really? My white friends. Mm. Um, and and not only could I not find any parts of me there, uh, I found um, a lot of, uh, I felt unsafe. And so I was trying to um, create a safe space for myself all the time. Yeah. And so what happened is that my imagination, what I did with my imagination, it became like my, it, I had created a bubble where I got to a place where you couldn't really fully touch me because I was halfway out the door somewhere else. Anyway, uh -huh. So uh -huh. I was so good at living in the regions of my mind that when I became, say, 13, 14, and this is why Stevie Wonder's music is so important to me. Yes, uh, yes. Get into that, but it's, it's, it's important on levels that I don't know that I'll ever be able to describe. Sure, I hear you. His music was like the, the musical backdrop for my spiritual evolution and mm -hmm. my, the world that I had created and insulated. Yeah. And so yeah. at the point that like I'm 13, and 14 um, and you know as a girl I'm an adolescent and I'm like wanting boys to notice me just like my peers and mm. I'm noticing that I'm not being noticed that I'm still invisible and so mm. what do I do I create what I need in the regions of my mind mm. so it became like this 
amazing muscle that I had worked every day to the point that it just was, you know, you don't even try anymore. So once I got older and realized, wow, like I um, really interact with children so well because I just, whatever it's, it was that, that imagination that a lot of times is kind of beat out of us or told, oh, you know, you got to be responsible now. It's time to get your head out of the clouds. That never happened for me. I stayed there. Mm. I stayed in that space of wonderment, uh, whether it was actually physically happening or something that I created. Wow. Well, you, you picked two Stevie songs and Stevie Wonder is uh, unquestionably my favorite musician of all time. I mean, I think there have been times in my life that if you'd asked me, you know, what are my top five desert island picks, you know, of any genre, I would say music of my mind, talking book, fulfilling this, inner visions, songs in the key of life. Like just, that's it. That's all I need. That's all I need in this life are those five albums. Um, so I, I, I wanted to, to hear what, what Stevie Wonder meant, meant to you and particularly that song as that you picked. Yes. Um, when I was, um, going through it as an adolescent, just trying to feel worthy, mm -hmm. trying to feel smart and beautiful in a world around me that told me that I wasn't, uh, I began to distance myself from my peers and, you know, they didn't really know it. You know, I still mm. kind of got along to go along because it was easier for me to blend into them than to show them my world. Mm. It was very easy for me to blend in. I'm like, I know your world. I've lived in your world my whole life. Mm. You don't know my world. And I don't know that I am up for even attempting to bring you in because I don't feel safe. Mm. I would go home and I, I remember going into um, my parents and in, in, into the basement, the den and finding all of these albums. And they were like albums, Stevie, want, every album you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I had never heard of it, you know? And I'm like, wait a minute, Stevie had albums before, you know, hotter than July. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though That's I'm sure I had funny. heard the songs before, but I'm like looking yeah. at albums secretly. Right. What is this? What? Wow. And I was like, what? And so I'm playing the music and I, Jack, I was gone. Yes. I was gone. I was gone. And I was like, I'm home. Mm -hmm. This is my home. He validated every part of me. Mm -hmm. Every mm -hmm. weird place that I didn't <laughs> have a place for. Stevie sang about it. There was a yeah. place for it. Yeah, I was good. I was like, you can't touch me now. I'm good. Stevie got me. Stevie Wonder caught me. <laughs> As around the sun, the earth no seeds revolving. And the rosebuds know the bloom in early May. Just as hate knows love's the cure.
And that song in particular, as the concept of love that it's evoking, right, is so like you're saying, it's just transcendent. It's deep, and that, and the list of、uh, conditions, the lyrics that are at the end that just go on and on and on. It feels to me when I listen to it like an ecstatic fugue state. You know, it's like possessed by the spirit, like it just lost, as you're saying, in all these imaginary worlds. It's like a whirling dervish, you know. It's just feeling like you're just spinning and spinning and spinning. And you know, I I I remember, you know, the the first time I listened to that song, and even now, you know, I listen to it, and I just say, "Wow, they're just going. They're just con- they're just continuing to go, continuing to go."、Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was infinite. It was infinite and unconditional.、Mm. And wow. Your parents seem to be such an important、uh, part of your life,、um, and and you reference them often. And I wanted to know what was it like growing up in that household. You mentioned your 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 siblings with you、um, in Plymouth. I, I you know the spiritual ideas that were、um, what you grew up with. Did your parents model that? Was that was that the influence for that outlook on life? Meditation, connecting with the land, connecting with nature, seeing God in yourselves—you know that 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 those ideas. My dad, that came from dad, really.、Mm. I mean, my mom was just such a loving being, so I feel like naturally, without trying, she was just an embodiment of everything that we wanted to be in in motion. You know, she、mm. was. You know, my dad talks about the ability to be loving and lovable. Um, mom was that at all times, you、mm. know. So she embodied that, whether she was talking about it or not. That's just who she is.、Mm-hmm. Dad was consciously evolving spiritually and seeking spiritual elevation all the time. He was fasting. He would be fasting. I mean, mom and dad fasted quite a bit. We fasted as well. He was on water fast. Uh, juice fast. Sometimes he was on air fast, where no food, no water, no nothing,、mm. and he's just existing, you know, like a, as a breatharian. So、mm. he was always seeking, you know, just you know, transcendental meditation. He was always seeking next, next, next levels, and always experiencing, you know, outer body experiences. So that 
being around that, you know, as a kid, you're just like, what are they doing? What's going on there? And they let you be a kid and they let you, you know, they just open up the world. You know, we weren't forced spiritually. We practiced this. We had, no, it's just like, this is who we are and you mm -hmm. figure it out. Mm. So it was a lot of freedom given around the spiritual piece, but watching my dad, yeah, watching dad. Were, were these things that, that your parents directly talked to you about, or it was just, as you said, it was just by observation that they, that they were um, living their lives in this way. And so it was just the natural way of being for, for you and your siblings. I don't remember my mom talking to us about it. I felt like it was just watching her. With my dad, it was watching him and he did talk about it mm. as well. And he, yeah. we would have to go on these mandatory four mile runs <laughs> to the state forest, to the state forest and back. And of course, as kids, when you have to do something, you hate doing it. So it's right. Like, oh God. But really, I loved it. And it was like all of us, the whole family, all 10 wow. of us. And we're, we're, you know, so we're going up the long, windy road and, you know, it's just nothing but, you know, nothing but us and nature and that God force. And so I began to running and him teaching us how to run. That's when I developed a rhythm and I began to like really mm. hear an inner voice. Mm. So I always talk about this rhythm. And I think about dad being a comedian, you know, as a comedian, you have to have rhythm. You got to have timing. And I wonder how to the extent to which running, he was a, he was a world-class runner. I mm. wonder the extent to which that helped him um, psychologically with his mind. Yeah. Breath control is a, is probably a huge thing, right. To be up there and probably for you too, right. As, as, as yeah. a singer and not, and not letting your instrument ex, ex, overextend itself. Definitely. Wow. So, you know, he had wow. us out there and we had to go camping on our, we'd be like, why do we have to go camping on our own property? Like who does this, dad? <laughs> the Gregory's do this. <laughs> I am the light of child that never fails. I am the force of good that will prevail. I am the love that came to heal I am the change that you feel What you gonna do? It's 2022 Life is calling you It is your season, I'm telling you Get out the way and let the magic through Everything you ever wanted now the universe is working out the how. What you gonna do? It's 2022. Life is calling you. Mm. What you gonna do? It's 2022. Life is calling you. I'ma have my cake and eat it too. Cause I'ma live good and share with you Together me and you will change the world A place of joy for the boys and girls What you gonna do? It's 2022 Your life is calling you 
for joy and liberation. I am the joy that I promised you. It's me, I'm your big breakthrough. What you gonna do? It's 2022. Your life is calling you. You know, life is calling you. Is that is that a song that that is is about a feeling that you had already, or was it a feeling that you had to remind yourself of to step it up? Because in 22, 2022, it's a pretty ballsy thing to make such a you know a statement of joy, such a bold statement of joy during this difficult time. You know, I think it's it was more something to step into. A lot of times, mm. it's an energy, a, a energy stream that's coming through me, and that's why sometimes it can feel so contradictory. If I'm like in a in a in a sad place, for instance, and I listen to that song, and I'm like, I wrote that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, you got to get it together, boo. You wrote that. <laughs> Sometimes it can be challenging to make sense of my reality on a day-to-day when it doesn't always reflect what I'm what I've sang about. Mm. But I'm also recognizing that, you know, there was no that it was very authentic, you know, whether it was this is how I'm feeling in this moment and I'm just expressing this joy. Yes. Uh or um this is how I want to feel and I'm expressing that uh, or it's just like a gift from the ethers that's just coming through me and I'm just an open vessel. I'm just going to let it come. Mm-hmm. And you play with a lot of different musical styles. Um, so why a reggae? Why reggae for the style of, of that particular song? Well, what happened is that during the pandemic, I was spending an awful lot of time in Jamaica. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We should all be so lucky. (laughs) Well, why don't you do something with yourself while you're here? Uh Uh, I've been going to Jamaica for 25 years. And perhaps in the last five years, I started not just vacationing in Jamaica. I started Mm. working with young people, going to schools around the island doing what I do, you know, doing what I love to do. Yes. Doing uh, healing work and just doing me. And so um, I met a guy named Lincoln who's a guitarist. And I met him at a, um, a re- the resort that I typically stay at. And he was, he was playing with some young ladies. They were singing. He was just doing like an acoustic set. And, uh, and then we just became friends, you know, for about five years. And he would, he would always say like, man, what do you, what are you doing with your voice? Cause I think I sat in on something with them or I did something, me and my sister free, my God sister who plays guitar and sings. Mm. And so um, because of him, I started to do a little more music around there. And so in, at the end of 2021, Lincoln arranged for me to do a concert, like my first real concert in Jamaica. It was at a place called Roots Bamboo in the grill. And um and then we also did a concert at Traveler's Beach Resort, which is where I typically stay in Jamaica, in the grill. And, um, you know, he's got all the, mu- he got all the musicians together. And then we're like traveling to Kingston and he's introducing me to all these, you know, legendary musicians that, you know, mm. tour with the Marleys and um, um, Buju Bantan and, um, you know, just so many different reggae greats that 
these musicians have been touring with. And Lincoln himself, mm -hmm. he's been touring with all these people his whole adult life since he was probably like a teenager. So he just introduced the whole world to me. And then he's like breaking down. I mean, I don't know that much about reggae. So as he's breaking down, you know, like six different reggae rhythms, I'm like, wow, I thought they were all the same, you know? And so um, it was intentional that we were going to do a reggae song. And then eventually what we'd like to do is maybe like a five song eat reggae EP. And I'd like mm -hmm. to explore with different, you know, some dance hall. I'd like to explore with some more up-tempo and slowed down. Uh, this was kind of like mid, mid tempo, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So this is kind of how that happened. Uh, we, I was in Jamaica for, all, you know, extended periods of time. And I said, you got all these musicians, the horn player on um, the song is the, the legendary Dean Frazier. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know him, you know, I, again, I don't know reggae like that. And so mm -hmm. I'm just, once I realized like, wow, who are these cats around me that you brought? Like, <laughs> and everybody else is like, Dean Frazier, you got Dean Frazier. And I was like, wow. Okay. And so I was just really grateful. And Dean, I mean, he's, he's an elder. He's, uh, just a beloved, legendary, uh, saxophonist and, and singer, uh, known all over the world. And, and the fact that he took the time to even be in the studio session with me and wanting uh, to, you know, wanting to get it right for mm -hmm. me, you know, not just, I mean, not what he was doing. He already knew he'd do that in his sleep, but wanting to help guide me. Um, and I'll, the last thing I'll say about that song is it was a very intentional decision to sing in my signature style as an R&B soul singer. Yeah. I did not, I did, as you will notice, um, I did not sing as a reggae singer. And a lot of people asked me about that. And a lot of mm. people pulled me up about that. Like, uh, <laughs> you might need a little help laying down the vocals properly on the rhythm. And I was like, for this one, it was very intentional. Maybe the mm. next one will be different. But I was, I was clear that I wanted this to represent a musical and cultural marriage of the African-American soul music tradition and the reggae purists, because mm. Lincoln and his people, they are reggae purists, you know, they're mm -hmm. like, no, you got to get this right. So he understood, Lincoln understood, like, you know, she's approaching this as a, as a reggae, as an R&B soul singer. So. Wow. So you had your, you had your hotter than July moment there yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And working with, with the, with the, yeah, with the reggae. I mean, that's, you know, it's just, again, it's just one of those that, that looking at Stevie as, as somebody who just endlessly experimented and, and, and was, was bringing in things and introducing ideas to people and then making it his own, just in the way that you're talking about, you're, you're staying true to your own signature style um, while, while still being free to experiment. That's a beautiful thing.
try to doubt or question the inevitable being. For these are but a few discoveries to find inside the secret life of I am curious about about the other the other Stevie Wonder song that you selected, "Secret Life of Plants." It's an interesting choice because it's just outside of that incredible run, you know, or, or toward the end of like 1970 to 1980, you know, starting with "Signed, Sealed, Delivered," and then going to "Hotter Than July," and he's experimenting with this um, uh, uh, digital music technology and and it's this soundtrack right to the to a a documentary and you know it's it he's doing it in orchestral style it's not really something that is as popular as those other you know incredible hit albums it's certainly not one that i you know nearly have engaged with as much as as the other so i'm really curious what your connection is with that with that uh, song secret life of plants off of that album of the same name I chose that one to to send to you um, to because it's kind of like the opposite of as, right? Mm. <laughs> and so I really wanted to speak to, you know, how do you pick a how how do I even pick a Stevie Wonder song that represents, yeah. you know, how much into him I am and what I love about music and his music. So I I kind of felt like they represented two two sides of the spectrum. Um, and <clears throat> as of course represents just it's it's such a um, it's so easy to love it's just so universal everybody mm -hmm. knows it everybody loves it it means something different to everybody Secret Life of Plants represented the obscure and abstract places <clears throat> yes. that he would often go that resonated for me. I mean, to be honest, I hadn't listened to that song in years, you know, but uh -huh. I chose it to send because I was like, I know what it meant to me when I first heard it. And I referenced dad taking us on these runs to the, to the uh, state forest. What began to happen is that I began to go on those runs by myself and begin to develop, you know, my rhythm. And then as I fell in love with the Secret Life of Plants album, it became like a meditation and mm. I was already very connected to nature. So I would go and I would go into the forest and I would sing those songs to the plants and the trees. Mm. Wow. I remember like singing those songs and feeling like, nature i see you i feel you and the other thing about that that's significant about that album is that it was like i disappeared into the world of plants i disappeared into this world that did not have to be um validated by anybody around me didn't have to be validated by being on the radio didn't have to be validated by you know making it uh you know, didn't have to be validated by anything. And so 
I think as time wore on and there became this question about Ayana has a voice, what is she going to do with her voice? She should be famous. There was a part of me that felt like nature has already acknowledged me. Yes, I am a star, but not the kind of star that you think I'm supposed to be. And hmm. so um, I always felt like my first responsibility and my first place, my first home as a, as a creative artist, as a, as a sound um, architect was within the context of nature. So I felt like, yes, I am a star and we're all stars and nature is acknowledging me first. Mm. And this is my comfort space. So I was like, you know, I just felt more comfortable um, in those spaces. So I'm like, you know, singing to the trees and the plants. And that's what that album and that's what that song uh, means to me. I'm really happy to hear you share that story because I, I realized how I, you know, similar to you, like I, I hadn't listened to that album in a very long time. So I, I, I was listening to the album and I went running while I was listening to the album and looking up at the trees and listening to the last two tracks of the song, um, trees and finale, um, which are, you know, it's quite long and it just sort of flows from one track to the other. Yes. And I did get it in a different way um, because of that feeling of really being embraced by nature in that moment and, 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 and looking up and seeing nothing but, you know, really green, a green canopy going overhead. So um, wow. I feel, <laughs> I feel all the more grateful now knowing that it, it connected to your experience of, of, uh, of listening to that album as a young person too. That's amazing that you did that. Oh, I love it. One of the other songs that you put on your list was I Am Light by India Iree. And, and I see India Iree as, as, as being seeming like a kindred spirit with you and the type of energy that you put out into the world in your music and in your actions. Um, certain, certainly she's another favorite around our house as well. Um, so I, I, I wanted to hear from you in particularly connected to the healing work that you were just describing the what is that song around i am light that 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 idea of, because she's always calling right she's doing that calling in her music as well absolutely um that song in particular is so important to me because it speaks to us being able to understand that at our essence we are light 
and that whatever has happened in our lives, however we have shown up in our lives, whatever we have done, whatever has been done to us, whatever we've not done, whatever was not done to us, has absolutely nothing to do with the essence of who we are. And so if we can, if we can get to a place where the things um, that oftentimes we have become sla a slave to, you know, these things that have happened in our childhood, the things we regret, the things we feel guilty about, the things that we are, the anger that we have towards somebody else around, you know, what they did to mm. us or didn't do for us. Um, the, 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 the feelings of um, lack of worthiness that oftentimes we deal with in this society because there is so much emphasis on the outside and not the inside. This song to me just takes you straight to the core and the essence of who we are. And mm. it is an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vibration, it's a frequency that when it is playing, when I hear it, when we are resonating within it, it's very difficult to feel anything less than, than the mm, right. I use it almost every time I do sessions mm. and it is so powerful. We do this, we do this piece, uh, my sister free and I oftentimes like, let's say we're in a, a big group, uh, or just a group. Um, and we do it mostly with women, but not only women. And we play another song I was going to send you, but I was like, he only said three, uh, was Rochelle Farrell's song, I Forgive You, mm. because we use them together. So we'll have, we'll, we'll play Rochelle Farrell's song, I Forgive You. And at the same time, several of us are moving around the room, holding people, asking permission first, you know, can we, we, do we have permission to hug you and hold your heart? Nine times out of 10, we get permission and we come around them and hold their heart. When I tell you the amount of wailing that happens, the crying, the releasing. Um, one, sometimes it's for folks who, you know, they hadn't even been touched in years, especially a lot of elders, you okay. know, um, and then others, it's like just the combination of feeling the healing touch as well as hearing these, the, the music and the words. It's like, you know, so we would play, I forgive you, Rochelle Farrell's uh, song, which is just so, you know, it's just this release, like it's whatever was mad at, but it's not even worth it anymore. Let's just let go. 
let's just really let go and be and be happy. Like, let's just do it for ourselves. This gift of forgiveness doesn't even matter if I think you deserve to be forgiven. It don't even matter. Mm. Right now, I'm just choosing freedom, freedom from pain, freedom from heaviness, freedom from anger. No, it's not worth it. So then we'll play that song. And then right after that is India's song, I Am Light. And so it's like we're releasing the heavy and then here comes the light just Mm. coming up. It's just Mm. rising up. How did you start seeing your music as as a way for healing? How did you start to incorporate those those things? Or was it sort of an organic connection? I always knew that I wanted my music to, to heal. I always knew that I wanted to be a positive force in the world. But I didn't know that I was going to do it on, on this level. Like I didn't mm. know that it would be that I would something I would use in in like actual healing sessions. Mm-hmm. I just knew, yeah, I want my music to uplift. You know, I'm the child of two freedom fighters and human rights activists who yes. just wanted the world better. So naturally, I wanted my music to uplift and inspire and help help the world uh, evolve and elevate. Um, the healing piece really came in when I realized, Ayana, you get to work on you first Mm. Mm. and allow whatever else happens to be, you know, it's not you try to help the world and you skip over you. And so that's when I, I think I began to say, Hey, you know, music can heal me first. The music that comes through me can heal me first. And when I started to get out of the way of as a, as a professional singer, you know, you have, well, for me, I was very judgmental about my voice. You know, I, sometimes I get off stage and I'd be like hanging my head low, like all the sharps and flats and off notes. And then I realized that the audience forgave me because it wasn't so much that they were hearing me as they were feeling me. Right. And I thought, oh, so the, that's not really so much what they're focusing on. They're focusing on the intention yes. and the vibration. And so that's when things begin to shift for me. Also, things begin to shift the first time I forgot the words on stage as a professional and I was horrified. Oh. And, I was like, and it was the best thing that could have ever happened because it was the first time that I understood what happens in the now. It was the first time I was ever on stage and everything that was in my memory was erased. I couldn't mm. access it. And me being a professional was out the window and I was having a real life God experience on stage. And I was like, what are you going to do? You're going to try to stay safe and signal to your guitarist to start again and see if you can get this right without the audience knowing. Are you going to take a chance? And I was like, I'm going to take a chance. And I just I began to sing. I forgot the words and the audience laughed. 
And then I said, Ayana, what if you just, what if you just made up something right now? What if you just opened yourself? It was like I blacked out 10 minutes later. It was one of the most beautiful music moments of mine to date. Mm. And so from there, I was like, I always wanted to get to that magical now. And it was Mm. in that now that I would begin to feel things in my body. I would feel tingling in my chest. I'd feel vibration in my feet. And I say, whoa, this is what I feel when I meditate. This is what I feel when I do the breathing techniques with Kriya. This is what I feel when I do, I can do this singing. And then it became, yes, this use this for you too. use this. And then when I started doing me and my sister, um, we started going to the hospital, you know, every time, not every time, but oftentimes when a, a loved one was sick. And we would mm-hmm. go and ask if we could play for them. And then w- the first time we did it, a friend of ours who had cancer, we asked if we could come to the, ho- to the hospital and play and sing. And then the whole floor was like, well, the other patients can hear and they want to hear too. And then mm. we said, you know, maybe this, maybe this something, maybe we should be doing more around folks who are going through it. And then it became, you know, we would start to do these sessions at that time, we, I wasn't including both of us do Reiki, both of us do, you know, massage therapy. So we weren't even connecting the dots. But then it was like, OK, free plays guitar. My hands are free. So while she's playing, we're both singing. Now I'm touching people. Mm. Now I'm, you know, de- doing energy work. Now I'm doing, you know, light massage therapy. Now I'm like, well, why not? In, not why not bring in aromatherapy? So then we're like, okay, we got the lavender and the lemongrass or the eucalyptus. And, you know, when we do certain songs, we'll say, we'll, we'll give everybody a little bit of oil to rub on their hands and inhale. And so then the music's, you know, so it was just this organic thing that began to happen. Um, and then sometimes when I just kind of go out, I start chanting and I don't even know what's happening, but it was a very organic, it just was like, it just one thing led to the next, to the next, to the next. And then I looked around, I looked up one day and I was like, this is like a whole experience that has happened. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that me being on stage that time and realizing that there was more to the moment than what I had brought to it. But if I could get out of the way and not remember anything and open up the way for the magic of the now, that that's where the real power was. That's really what led to me even knowing that there was more. I'm like, this ain't Mm. about Ayana. Like, I don't have the power personally to do what this higher energy can do. So if I get get out of the way, then who knows what can happen right now. The universe keeps blessing me Every single time I renege Filled with insecurity Sabotaging royalty Planned mediocrity, yeah Self-fulfilled prophecy Afraid to let them see Who is she? Told you, world can't hold 
everything that you're talking about seems to be put into your song that you titled now that it has all of those themes in it and and i mean i i i've never seen you as as mediocre but you 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 have those lines in that song about the, about about that self doubt that idea of self doubt sabotage royalty planned mediocrity and and i was it was it was very surprising to me to hear it um because you know i i mean ayana gregory floats around you know six inches off the ground all the time <laughs> you know but but it i can i can see the connection that with with all the things that you're talking about in this and yeah it seemed like you put a, a, a lot of those experiences into that song that song is for me that's my most important song to date mm. um there's no song that i feel more strongly about than now uh of 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 my work and uh it came it was the re one of the reasons now is so important to me it was the first song that i ever wrote that acknowledged my inner contradictions it was the first song that ever spoke to the level of vulnerability. Mm. Um, I mean, the first song that required that level of vulnerability. And, you know, I, it was a conscious decision to expose, it was very exposing. Uh, You're very song. vulnerable in the song, yeah. And the song came out of, I had just ended a relationship. I was in so much emotional pain and I was just at ground zero. I, I felt like me, how could I be here? You know, someone who helps to teach other people and kids how to lift themselves up and, you know, uh, think highly of themselves. And now I feel so low. I feel so low. How did I get here? And so I was journaling, journaling, journaling. Mm -hmm. I was crying. I was wailing. I was, you know, laid out and now was one of three songs and the only of the of the three that I wrote now was the only one that I released <clears throat> and I I just felt like man because because the thing is I thought in in the moment of dealing with that relationship and the pain I said this isn't coming from him this is not about this moment like where did this come from that mm. I would even allow myself to be here so let's go back Let's go back to my childhood. Let's go back when I first started dumbing myself down to make other people feel comfortable. Let's go back to, to Massachusetts. Let's go all the way back. Mm. And so then it started with that. Like, how? Because it was like, how could I get here? Um, I just felt like I should be wiser. I should have, you know, I should have known better. I should have. And it was like, okay, let's give yourself some grace and let's go back. If you want to, mm. you want to, you want to excavate and you want to, um, to really discover and, and, and have some revelations, you're going to have to go back. And then, so then it was, so there was that aspect of the pain I was in and then going back to figure out how did I get here? So it was like, I'm telling on myself. And then it was the acknowledging my stuff, like, ah, I have a need to be right. And then I've been a recurring victim. 
So what does that mean? If I'm a recurring victim, then I'm going to have to find a victimizer. So energetically, I'm drawing people to me that are, that are emotionally unavailable so that mm. I can then say, you're not this and you're not that. It has nothing to do with them. The universe is just going to show you. It's going to keep on showing you everything that you're looking for, everything that you're expecting, consciously or unconsciously. You mm. brought this to you, Ayana. And so it's not a blame. It's not a good or bad. It's just feedback. The universe is just giving you feedback. If you want to shift it, will you pave, pave a different path? Mm. And so then it was like, okay, what does that look like? Okay. So now I'm, I'm, you know, there's a line in there about, you know, I'm just, I'm open. I'm just opened up. I'm naked for the world to see. Mm. I'm vulnerable and I'm free. And this, what we do, there's a, when I do that song live, there's this moment where the music stops Mm. And I'm singing and you can just hear a pin drop. And it's mm -hmm. a moment that really embodies the now. It's like yeah. right now, it's happening right now. Not a second ago, not a second forward, but like, boom. And then it's like, it's a very pregnant moment where when I'm looking in people's eyes, something shifts in the room. And so it's like, yes, that's where that spirit comes in. That's when it's like, I am not in control of this. I am open to it. So for me now, and we use, I use now in so many healing sessions and it's a lot of tears. That song has evoked a, similar to I forgive you and I am light. Yeah. I use now in that way as well. trying to give you a little preview of some of the um, sound therapy, sound healing. Um, like what I do is I find uh, so oftentimes if my sister is playing for me, playing with me on guitar, then we just interact with each other and we kind of create things in the moment. And we have other things that we've are set that we do. And then other times, like when I'm not working with her, I'll go online and I'll look for different, you know, meditative instrumentals that mm -hmm. I can interact with vocally, you know? Yeah. And there's this one, there's this one, uh, well, I'm definitely looking for things in like the healing frequencies, 432 Hertz and, you know, other, mostly 432 I'll look for. Um, there's this one that I was, I was specifically looking for something that had water, that had a water feel to it. Okay. And so um, there's this one particular one that I use a lot and I take people through a meditation where they like go back into the womb and then um, it is very watery, the, the, mm. the, 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 the music itself. And so it's, it's a really, um, I was just going to play a little bit of the music for you to hear. Um, one, one. 
magic, 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 magic. Peace, peace, Give me chills, Ayana. You give me chills. It's <laughs> I could I could feel it all up and down my spine. I <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That's really incredible. Thank you. Ayana, the inspiration for doing this show is this quote from the Baha'i writings that says that music is like a ladder for the soul and your music, certainly I've experienced this listening to your music and, and, and frankly, knowing you as a person um, that I feel like I'm elevated through that experience. I'm curious what that imagery evokes for you, the idea of music being, being a ladder for your soul. It resonates. It really does. Um, I find that music can often do what our words can. My father used to say that, he used to say that language as we know it is a, is a, is a universal violation. People say, what? Yeah. And he, he would say that anything that would get in the way of humanity being able to communicate effectively with each other like we're missing it and so he would talk about mm. the mother tongue and he'd say the mother tongue is the language between the mother and the baby in her belly it was not a spoken language it was a soul language and he said that is the original language that humanity understood and it became mm. more dumbed down as spoken and written languages became created. And so music cuts through all of that. You know, when you think about the music, uh, I mean, obviously music is such a part of every part of our lives, you know, um, and music is present when people are born, when people get married, when people die, when people go to war. Um, music is such a big part of all of the movements throughout time. And so when I think about the civil rights movement, um, or even, you know, during the time of uh, enslavement in America, in the Americas, the power that music had that kept us going. Right. And so, you know, if I'm thinking about any given march in the 50s or 60s, and, you know, grandma's tired, she's marching, she doesn't know if her body is going to give out she can walk that next five miles and somebody starts saying oh freedom 
Oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. And before I'll be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. And suddenly grandma has more energy. Hmm. And suddenly she can walk a little further. And suddenly she remembers why she was even given the strength that she has to keep going. I believe music is that. Music is that. Yeah. You're such a gift, Ayana. <laughs> I feel I'm so happy that um that um yeah, I've I've received the gift of having you in our lives and our family's life and everything. So wow. thank you for thank that. Thank you so much, Jack. You all are such a gift. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all your stories. Thank you for sharing all your music. It just made made my day. I I am I, I feel so blessed by this experience. Thank you. I am blessed too. Thank you, Jack, for asking me. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Really appreciate you. Thanks for making the climb with me this week on Soul Ladder Music. And of course, thanks again to the incomparable Ayana Gregory for sharing her music and stories. As usual, we recorded much more than I could fit into this episode. So look for the podcast version of our show and you'll get a bonus story where Ayana tells about the first time she met Stevie Wonder. Of course, you'll also find links to Ayana's music in the show notes for this episode, along with the tracks by other artists she mentioned during the show. And check out the Soul Ladder Music playlist on Spotify. I'm keeping a running list of all the music played during our series. Thanks to Jeff Philosopher for providing our theme music, and I hope you'll join us next time when my guest will be the eclectic Jocelyn McKenzie. Until then, keep tuning in to WOWD 94.3 FM, Tacoma Radio, for great music and programs seven days a week, streaming online at tacomaradio.org. <laughs>